0: What is up, Saber Nation? Welcome into the den for episode two of our new Sabers podcast. My name is Andrew Alegre here again with my brother Austin. What's up today, Austin? Not much today.
1: Glad to see good response from week one. It was kind of a shot in the dark, kind of hoping who we'd see still having support the team. But, you know, it's good to have everyone back. Like I said last week, centralized hub. It's going to be great. Now we got more players coming in. It's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, from what the coaches have been telling us, the players have been coming in in waves lately. We got uh, another new guest on with us today is a new player from Vancouver, BC. We'll get him on here shortly. Not going to spoil the name quite yet. You guys can wait five (laughs) minutes on that. Um, so just wanted to talk a little bit about our arena move as you listeners probably know by now, we're no longer going to be at Iceplex Escondido moving over to Ice Town Carlsbad. So Austin and I, along with the coaches and some of the players returning and new players went to the old arena in Escondido this past week to dismantle the old locker room so we can move it over to the new arena in Carlsbad. It was definitely a lot of work. I'll give you that much. Yeah, a <laughs> lot of work. Definitely a lot of work. Uh, if you're familiar with the old layout of the Iceplex, it came to our games before. You know where I was broadcasting from was up on the staircase by the locker room. So when we dismantled the locker room, obviously we got to take the stuff all down the stairs and get it outside, put it on a truck. The stairs were not our best friend this past week, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know we made it work and... Things are coming along nicely at the new place. Shout out to Mike, our deconstruction and reconstruction extraordinaire so far. <laughs> Team contractor. Totally handling the load. So shout Thanks, out man. to you, Mike. He's going to hate hey, that I said that. You. Shout outs to you, man. You are uh, putting in some major work since you and Dom had to drive here for, I believe it took you guys three or four days to drive straight from New Jersey, Pennsylvania area. Oof. That is not a short drive, especially when you're showing up to California have to do all this work. But, you know, in the end, it'll all be worth it. As I said, the new spot's coming along just fine. I think it's going to be very homey for the Sabres sometime very soon.
1: Yeah, once again, I'd like to uh, extend our gratitude towards the Isoplex for all these years of continued service with us. It was definitely a surreal moment walking in there, not seeing any ice, not seeing any nets, not seeing any fans, it not being cold for the first time. It was just a different moment. All the locker rooms were just barren, empty. It felt weird, but like I said, it's going to be a good, good move here in the Carlsbad Ice Town. Getting our locker room built for us right now. I think the guys will have a good time over in Carlsbad this year, and hopefully for the next few years to come.
0: Yeah, I kind of just blocked the whole uh, temperature part out of my mind from this past week when we were at Iceplex. Because you can imagine what it's like to carry all that heavy stuff down the stairs and have to trek back up the stairs a hundred times, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when there's no air conditioning and no ice in a ice rink. you know Icebox has just been sitting there since coronavirus all started in mid March. You can imagine how hot it was in there, how stuffy it was in there, so <laughs> we were all sweating bullets for sure so <laughs> but I guess that just made us work that much faster to get on out of there, right?
1: Definitely. Then once the players started showing up, it was a lot easier for us to, to take a seat back real quick.
0: Yeah, send the youngins to do it. Also, for anybody who has been to Ice Town Carlsbad and is familiar with the layout, if you haven't been in a while, we actually have a new team store that's being built. When you come into the arena in the main entrance over to the left side, It is going to be a little bit different from what you're used to, but in a good way. Like I said, obviously, we're getting the locker room built for us, new pro shop getting built. Hopefully, it's all going to be seen as an upgrade for everybody that's used to the layout at Icetown Carlsbad. We're all confident that it's going to look really nice by the time the season starts up, and we have been getting rumblings that we are likely going to be able to host fans in some capacity this season. We have no official word on that, so stay tuned.
1: I'm glad to be able to have some fans in the stadium. Obviously, won't be as much as usual, but, you know, it be good to have some of our concurrent fans coming back. It's just going to be good to have somewhat of a crowd out there, uh, no matter how small. Either way, it'll be great to have a great experience and probably after the game, maybe find some sponsors, hopefully. Can't say any names currently, but find some places to go for post-game dinners, parties, whatever. COVID allowing, obviously.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll be uh, socially distanced post-game get-togethers. So without further ado, we're going to bring on our next guest. He is, as I said before, from north of the border, but we'll let you go ahead and hear that from the man himself. So welcome into the den, Ben Johansson. Our next guest on here just came into the States recently. Ben Johansson, how you doing today,
2: bud? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourselves? Can't complain, man. Another day in paradise. Exactly. I'm loving it down here so far. You know, the yeah, weather's well, beautiful. I was
0: going to ask you, what's the nice. weather difference
2: like? Well, in Vancouver, it rains a lot, so it's miserable, like, at least three days of the week. Down here, it's just, you know, sunny SoCal.
0: Yeah, I didn't know yes. what the Vancouver summers were like. it hot up there at all?
2: It gets hot, like, sometimes, yeah. There's a couple days where gets up to like 30 degrees but y'all are gonna be looking at me like what the hell is a degree i'm still (laughs) learning the conversion so i couldn't tell you what that is in fahrenheit (laughs) man it's still on celsius over here now you
0: got me curious though so 30 celsius is 86 degrees fahrenheit
1: okay so it gets relatively hot up there
0: okay well there you go so why don't you tell us about your trip down here to california man did you fly did you drive was it tough to get over here because of corona anything like that
2: uh no it was actually pretty beautiful and uh it was pretty seamless uh showed up at the airport the only problem i really had is I uh, couldn't pay for the bags without my grandma's credit card so they had to come back they were they were <laughs> nice enough to wait a while to make sure i got through security and everything in case they had to come back and pick me up but uh it was actually really nice and then i found out when i got to the check-in gate that uh I was actually flying business for my first flight from Vancouver to Seattle and you know I thought oh this is gonna be great you know I just float away in here for about an hour and then I was pissed off because it turns out that you take off and then you basically land again it's like 20 minutes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah no kidding man. I felt a little jet. I flew from
1: uh, San Diego to Los Angeles once and same thing as soon as you're up you're coming right back down.
0: Exactly. I try to avoid flights that take me on a way over in Los Angeles just because getting off a plane after 20 minutes kind of pisses me off.
2: <laughs> I think that would get to
1: anyone. Speaking of Vancouver right now, obviously the entire Pacific Northwest is being affected by these wildfires currently. Um, yeah. how, obviously we're not as severe as it is up there, but can you give us like a little like, <clears throat> day in your shoes looking out the window during all
2: these wildfires going on up there? Well, I'll tell you, it didn't really get bad until after I left. But like when I was flying into Seattle, because that's closer to where Oregon is. And I think Oregon is like the center for all of these fires. Flying into Seattle, you could not even see the ground. But um, back home, it wasn't too bad until a couple of days after I left, because I guess the winds or something changed. And it's been all blown up there. And like downtown Vancouver, you can't see more than 20 feet in front of you dang that's that's crazy
0: yeah I've heard a lot of people up there comparing it to how it looked when Mount St. Helens erupted obviously you're too young to know what that looked like but <laughs> I want you uh let everybody know where you played recently
2: uh so I grew up uh playing all my minor hockey for North Van Minor Hockey Association commonly known as NVMHA, is what everybody calls it back home and I played there all the way through and I was kind of uh I was kind of a late bloomer I didn't actually start skating or playing hockey till I was 12 and uh you you know They were great all the way through. And then I started playing rep in about 11th grade, which is uh, what you guys down here would call like triple A and stuff like that. I had a great coach there. His name is uh, Perry Turcotte. I know he's probably going to be watching this at some point. So what's up, Coach Perry? <laughs> then last year, I ended up trying out for a couple junior teams locally. It didn't really work out. And uh, I ended up playing juvenile, which was, you know, it was fun. It taught me about being around older guys and what it's like through their shoes and stuff like that. And then I uh, actually spent some time, you know, APing and practicing with the uh, Langley Trappers of the Pacific Junior Hockey League back home in the Lower Mainland. And yeah, that's basically where I've been.
1: Sounds like you got a pretty uh, reputable reputation there,
0: bud.
2: (laughs) I'd like to think so, you know. We all like to think we're important in some way, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I was telling Loops he was also a, uh, you know, a late starter in the hockey game. And, you know, I told him if you can manage your way out to California from New Jersey at this young age and you started late, you got to be doing something
2: right man what are you talking about him managing his own way out here dom and coach mike babysat him the whole time in that car <laughs> ride
0: <laughs> oh called out
1: it's a little payback mrs lupo yeah. if you're listening to this uh i got you i'll, I'll be messing with brian that little snappy hat at you last podcast <laughs>
0: <laughs> and apparently ben's gonna be doing plenty of that too so
2: yeah no we have a very healthy relationship me and loops so we're good
0: so, Ben, uh, what do you
2: have on your uh, California bucket list?
1: What's some of the things you want to do down here while you've still got the time?
2: Probably one thing that comes up a lot between uh, Loops and I is going to the zoo, the San Diego Zoo. I've heard really good things about it. You know, I like animals, too. And, um, yeah. you know, we don't really have anything, like, major like that back home. Like, we have one zoo out in Alder Grove, But, like, the most things that you're going to see out there, on the way out there, you're going to see a couple cows, and it's going to smell awful. So, it's not it's nothing to be too excited about i used to love it when i was younger according to my mom but also down here would probably be hollywood sign you know everybody's got to do that you know take that basic girl photo for instagram and uh,
0: (laughs) very doable
2: yeah absolutely and uh, a couple guys on the team surf so i think i might have to get into that you know i really want to learn how to surf you're gonna live uh... close enough to the
0: beach for sure man i i know you're gonna have some free time. You don't even have to drive an hour to get
2: to the beach. Should be great. Well, mom, I know you're listening to this. Curfew is 11 o'clock, so I don't have that much time on my hands. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, we got a kid last year, Midwest, you know, not around any water other than a lake, maybe. And uh yeah. came out here. He started surfing the first day he was out here. By the time he was leaving, he stayed an extra two days instead of going home after the season was canceled just so he can keep surfing for a bit.
0: (laughs) Got to take advantage of it when you can get it. Exactly, right? Tough situation living here in Cali, you know? Yeah, Uh, no, it's
2: it's so tough, you know? Like, Mom, I want to go home. (laughs) <laughs> could have been worse, man. You could have signed with Fresno. Just kidding.
0: Especially once we start getting into like November, December, then it's going to be real different than what you're used to up in
2: BC. Well, I'm excited for that. It's, it's, you know, that's the one thing that we talked about a lot in my family with me coming down here was uh, we were talking about not just, it's a great opportunity to play hockey, but it's also a great opportunity to gain that life experience of being away from home and being in a totally foreign place. Right. My mom was telling me and all the coaches that I work with back home were also telling me that it's a really valuable experience as a young person to do that.
0: Have you been from Vancouver your entire life?
2: Born in Vancouver. I lived there for my entire life. It's a great area to live in. Everybody's pretty nice, uh, except if you go downtown. Don't drive downtown if you ever visit Vancouver. Take an Uber. Don't drive downtown.
0: (laughs) What was your life up there quarantine-wise? Because I know everywhere has different rules they have to follow with social distancing and mask wearing and whatnot. Was it different up in Canada? Was it more restrictive, less restrictive?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely really restrictive. So we didn't have gyms for a long time. And I kind of saw that coming at the start of quarantine or whatever you guys want to call it. What I actually did is uh, I spent a good chunk of money on setting up some training areas for myself on the patio. I actually built a bench press out of two two two-by-fours cut on a 45-degree angle drilled into the wall and then two tree stumps. That's the Canadian bench press for you guys right there. Ingenuity (laughs) um, right there, man. I also bought a net and uh, a shooting pad, and I was shooting about 400 pucks a day because I really wanted to keep working on my shot because that's one of the strengths that I have in my game is being able to shoot the puck hard and quick and being able to release it from different points. And so I spent a lot of time working on that. And, you know, the neighbors, I'm sure, loved it because every five shots or so, you hit the post, ping, ping, (laughs) ping.
0: I guess for you, arguably be a good noise because you're not hitting the end
2: boards. Yeah. Well, I had to actually put plywood up behind the net because we all know those nets designed for 12 year olds. And as much as I'd like to pump my tires and tell myself that they're not, that I'm just that good. Once you start putting them through the twine and they start going through the fence, then you need to put the plywood up. There you go. <laughs> uh, so being up in Vancouver,
1: redundant question. I'm assuming you're a big Canucks guy.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. No, huge Canucks guy. It was awesome watching them this year. My mom and I watched them almost every playoff game and all of that. Me and my buddies, you know, and I'm sure if my mom's watching this, she's chuckling to herself because she's thinking about me watching the Canucks. I'm awful. Every guy that plays hockey when they're watching hockey, you know, they all have a better idea of what they should be doing out there. Sitting there screaming, pass the puck, shoot. A couple words that aren't PG thirteen rated. That's know. cool to
1: hear. I love, I love hearing little stories of hockey culture up there. You know, because definitely it's not the same as Southern California hockey. Not everyone in Southern California gives a damn
2: about hockey. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's crazy up there because you know everybody has like a, such a respect for people that play hockey. They always describe hockey as, you know, Canada's game, right? You know, you see these kids nowadays where their parents are putting them on skates as soon as they can walk, right? Honestly, I think it's just as much as a disadvantage because one of the things that I think really helped me, and I've always had a really strong work ethic, like when I want something, I'm going to go get it. If you're going to move up on my line and take my spot, you're going to have to work really hard to do it. Those kids, they start at such a young age. In those kids, you can kind of see the love for the game start to die, right? It becomes Mm. a chore to them going to the rink, it becomes a chore to them working out, it becomes just something that they don't enjoy doing anymore. For me, like, you could wake me up at 530 in the morning and tell me that I have to go to the rink, I'll be happy as can be. But you tell me wake me up at 530 in the morning, tell me I got to go to school, I will probably want to kill you. Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those things like it's just it doesn't feel like a chore to me or anything like that. And I think it's because I haven't been doing it for that long. And I think it's really great as well because we keep ourselves in great shape and, you know, we meet great people, right? Like I've known Coach Dom and Coach Mike. You know, they're great people. I think we have a pretty great working relationship and we got mutual respect for each other, which is great.
0: So, like you said, you started playing when you were about 12. Is there any player in the NHL that you model your game after a little bit? And I was wondering, do you have like a specific hockey title that you put to your game? whether it be, you know, a grinder, a two-way player, a playmaker, anything specific?
2: A player that I would model my game after and I spent a lot of time watching is a guy like uh, Nathan McKinnon because I have a similar build to him and he's, uh, he uses his speed a lot and he's very powerful in his movements. And watching him, you, you can kind of see like the way that he's so elegant, but yet he's so strong at the same time. Being able to, you know, shoot the puck from almost anywhere and it still be a laser beam, right? With that skating ability that he has, you know, I've spent a lot of time and uh, a lot of money actually also (laughs) on power skating. (laughs) (laughs) But a specific title I would give myself is, it's actually kind of funny, Coach Dom and I were talking about this last night. My coaches have always told me, like, never put yourself in a box, like never restrict yourself to just doing one thing and so I'd say that I'm kind of a hybrid like I can kind of do a little bit of everything but definitely my strengths are definitely my shooting and then my physical ability on the ice as well with being able to set the tempo and lay the body is definitely two of my big strengths but you know I'm never going to be the guy that refuses to go into a corner or something like that I got no problem with going in there going mano y mano with another guy
0: those two answers kind of seem like they fit together a little bit because Nathan McKinnon's also the kind of same way got the silky hands yeah. you can shoot from anywhere but that dude's not afraid to stand up for his teammates not afraid to get in the middle of a scrum uh, yeah you know i feel like that's something that a lot of guys respect out
2: of him because you yeah, know a lot of those big definitely. stars
0: sometimes they back away from the more yeah. physical part and oh, let yeah, their bigger guys handle all handle of it. it yeah yeah
2: no so doubt. that's
0: definitely got to be a good thing to have in the back of your mind as a player as one of your teammates You know, they're like, oh, well, I don't got to worry about if Ben's going to stand up for me or not, because I know he's got my back no matter what.
2: The way I've always looked at it is I've grown up as an only child. And my teammates that I had from Bantam and Midget, those guys are like my brothers. I will go to war for and with those guys any day of the week. And I have a feeling that it's going to be the same here because everybody that I've talked to and I've been around, they're all great guys. We have a chuckle, you know, they're awesome. But I can see that everybody here, they've all had that season where they don't win. They've all had that season where they don't succeed. And none of us want that to be this year. This year, we want to be the team that people look at on their schedule and say, oh, man, we got to play the Sabres tonight. We're going to get beat. That's what I want people to be thinking when they look at our name.
1: Good to hear. Near the end of the season, we were starting to become that team. So, yeah, see you guys get on the ice and carry that torch from last season. It's going to be a great sight to
0: see. So I'm sure if you talk to Caleb or Cole or Dylan, they'll be the first yeah. ones to tell you that they were primed and ready going into the playoffs last year. And it was unfortunate that that got canceled because of COVID. Everyone was under the impression that we were poised to make a run. And we were hot going into the last two months of the season. You know, it's a shame that we didn't have a chance last year, but this year we just got to go out and do it again. And I have faith that we'll be able to do that.
2: Me too. When I look at the guys and, you know, obviously the roster's not published yet and not everybody knows who's who yet, but we have a pretty good idea of who's who and, you know, we can figure each other out a little bit. And I'm pretty confident in the players that I've seen and the guys that we have. Like, we have a pretty solid mix. And as long as that mix gels you have a really good base to work off of. Because obviously, you can have a team that has more talent than any team in the world, but if they don't work hard, they're not going to win. It's that age-old saying that I've had yelled at me for the last four or five years that I've been playing hockey is hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And I think the way that I've kind of grown up, you know, I've come from a single-parent home where it's just been me and my mom. My mom and I have had to work for everything that we've got. When I go to the rink, I know that I have to work for everything that I'm going to get. Like, I'm not coming down to say, oh, well, I'm going to play on this line. I'm going to do this. I want to earn it. I don't want it handed to me.
1: Great work ethic, man. Uh, Glad to hear that coming from a rookie, especially.
0: That's the kind of player any coach, any organization would love. And, you know, just for reference, man, the last couple of years for the Sabres have gone completely different. 2017, 5-42. Next year, 17 and 27. Last year, 31 and 18. So we're really trying to, you know, bring the culture up. And I feel like that's been happening yeah. over the last couple seasons. And it's only going to continue this year with another good group of boys in the locker room. Yeah. Five
1: and 42 was a hard year. That was I a can hard only year. imagine. I can
2: only imagine.
0: So, man, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up here. But last question I'm going to ask you and that I ask every one of our guests. If you could choose one player to be your line mate, any player in NHL history, current or former, whether it be somebody that you don't have to worry about on the defensive end, somebody between the pipes, or another forward, who would it be?
2: That's a good question. That is a really good question. Um, I would probably have to say, when we look at some of the world's best playmakers that the game has ever seen, Like, I would probably say one of those guys because... I've always played really well. You know, if I have one guy who's a really good grinder on one line, and I've had one guy who's a really good passer, a really good playmaker, sees the ice really well. Um, so I'd probably have to say, and you know what? It's two players because I'm cheating. The Sedin twins. Because look at when they played with Burrows, right? His stats jumped like crazy. He was playing with those two because they just could tantalize defenders and have all of them around, and they wouldn't see the pass coming. So I'd, have, I'd probably have to say the Sedin twins.
0: Yeah, I feel it, man. I don't necessarily think that's cheating. You can almost make a case that that's one player. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're just uh, a full unit. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you can almost, yeah.
0: But man, yeah, they you were great. You can almost
2: make that case. The world yeah. of
0: hockey misses them. Uh, that last game that they yeah. had before retirement was so cool to watch. You know, Vancouver legends, man, forever.
2: Absolutely, and you know, when we talk about players that we want to be role models right for younger generations it's definitely those guys like you see those guys in vancouver you know they're doing work with children's hospital they're giving back to the community and they're making sure that they spend their time with the people of vancouver and using what they have to create good for other people so that's totally the kind of person that i would aspire to be if i ever had the opportunity to move on to the national hockey league would be to be somebody that can give back to the community because You know, I've seen and I know what it's like to come from that where you're not as privileged as the next person. Right. So,
1: definitely great incentive, uh, especially being around the San Diego area with the Rady Children's Hospital. It'd be good to have you, all the team playing for, we can say we're playing for them, you know, have a Rady Children's night every now and then.
2: Absolutely.
0: My man, thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us here on the Into the Den podcast. We appreciate it and looking forward to seeing you on the ice real soon
2: absolutely
0: all right everybody ben
2: johansson into
0: the den thank you again
2: thanks guys for the opportunity thanks, thanks for joining us, us man
0: thanks again to new saber ben johansson for joining us during his first couple of days in california from vancouver bc so to move on a little bit before we wrap up this second episode of the podcast A little bit of scheduling is starting to make its way out into the realm. It's looking like we're going to have a home-and-home exhibition series with the Ontario Avalanche coming up in about four weeks in the middle of October. And that'll be just before regular season gets underway. So looking at the calendar right now, we are within 30 days until our first puck drop of Sabres Hockey it's coming up real quick. I'm sure yeah. there were some times where some of us were wondering if we were going to have a season at all. So color me excited. What about you, Austin?
1: Exactly. It took the words right out of my mouth. You know, it feels great to be able to say that statement, that puck drop is within the next 30 days. Because I remember back in April or May, thinking on to this new season, when we signed into this new league starting to think like is this really going to actually happen or are we all just here just going to be sitting here waiting for everything to be okay so the fact that we can play this game and be able to come into a new arena and a brand new league some old rivals and create new rivalries with different teams it's definitely something i'm going to be grateful for for what has been a very lackluster year
0: yeah definitely been a uh been a trying year I will say for probably everybody listening it's definitely not anything that we've been accustomed to or you know not anything where we had a blueprint of how to handle this so for everybody listening we've all gotten through it as best as we can and we're continuing to do so finally getting back into a little bit sense of normalcy with some San Diego Sabers hockey soon And speaking of rivals, if anybody wasn't aware of what our division is going to look like this year, the Pacific Division of USPHL is going to include the San Diego Sabres, Fresno Monsters, Las Vegas Thunderbirds, Ontario Avalanche, and the Southern Oregon Spartans. A little bit different from last year's division, plopping out Valencia with Southern Oregon, a little bit longer of a road trip. You know, I'm probably downplaying the little bit part, but Oregon's beautiful. It'll be a fun road trip. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, we played Southern Oregon twice last season.
1: They got one game up on us when they were up in their home territory. But the moment they came down into home ice down here in San Diego, it was a, it was a beating to say the
0: least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, t- exactly. To say the least, we won a couple hockey games against Southern <laughs> Oregon. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> but like I said, we're all looking forward to getting to see all these teams that we're used to playing against last year in the WS and get to see some familiar players on the other teams. Get that real rivalry fire going. If you get some players that might have some bad blood, can't confirm nor deny. But uh, yeah, looking forward to it. With that, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up for the second episode. Look forward to bringing you a new one every week or so, especially when the season gets started. As I said in the last podcast, we'll be pumping out these player interviews. We'll get some post-game interviews. We'll get some coach interviews, game recaps, injury reports, news from around the league, everything you can think of. If you want to contact us, you can feel free to send us an email. Into the Den podcast at gmail.com, or you can, uh, of course, message the San Diego Sabers Instagram directly in the DMs. As I said, I'm the social media director, so I'll be seeing them anyway. You want to get in contact with us for anything Sabers-related? Feel free. We're here for you, and we'll be there for you at Carlsbad Ice Town very shortly in the month of October, all the way through this 2020-2021 season. Signing off here. I'm Andrew Allegre.
1: and I'm Austin Allegre.
0: We'll see you guys next time on your next trip into the den.